0: Gladys is a mother of two young children and after years in the corporate world decided to retrain as a coach, working specifically with working mums. In this episode we talked about the common struggles working women face, trying to get that balance right between the demands of being a parent and the demands of their job. I asked Gladys how we as mothers can serve our children best, aware of all the challenges that they face early on in their young lives once they start school. Young children struggling with their mental health shows up differently to older children because they lack the emotional maturity and understanding of the vast range of feelings that can seem so overwhelming and they don't have the vocabulary to express themselves. So often they just lash out and have meltdowns. But that's where we as parents have to step in and approach the situation with compassion to get a clearer understanding of what's going on in their world. What might seem small and insignificant to us can mean everything to them. So over to Gladys. I hope you enjoy. So hi, Gladys welcome to my podcast let's talk about self-harm a discussion about parenting teenagers and mental health so you're like me a mother and a life coach and so you're already doing two very important jobs in my eyes how did you get into coaching and why did you want to work with mums
1: so hello and thank you for having me on your podcast so it's a very important topic that you are um discussing within that and i'm more than happy and humble to be part of amplifying um those uh, and raising awareness about it so busy mom of four of two sorry not four <laughs> busy mom of two and then yes a life coach so how did that come into life coaching i i can't think I cannot think of an exact moment. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it was something I was doing naturally uh, for a long time um, without realizing. So people would always come to me for advice, for brainstorming, for taking them, or talking them off the ledge. And that was always present in in my relationship. And I learned that it's because I was naturally offering a, a free safe space Mm-hmm. where they can be themselves, no judgment will pass, and then they were coming, where they were not feeling so great, and always living, feeling like motivated, charged, and going to conquer, whatever they wanted to go next, mm-hmm. so I think that was something, that I was always doing naturally, I was just not charging for it, <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> of course, the fact that, like we person, do, like we do, absolutely, and then, for me the pandemic happened um and i think for a lot of uh, people listening on the show you know what i'm talking about but it, for me it was you know always it, it, it pushed all the things that i thought was priority down right mm-hmm. i i was always thinking and i had uh, friends and family that was asking me to put the coaching business out there but i was always thinking i don't have the time at this point and when X will become Y, et cetera. But with the pandemic, all all that stopped mattering Mm -hmm. that much. And suddenly all my excuses were glaringly obvious, they were excuses. (laughs) And then I always talk about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone to my Mm -hmm. client. And I thought, yeah, I should walk the walk and drink my own champagne. And I launched my coaching business um, last year. So it's it's very dear to me. to create again that structure around creating a safe space and getting people um, to come and unburden themselves for a little while. Why mothers specifically? I think obviously, I am mom, Mm -hmm. I think moms are awesome, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. best people in the world. Uh, Yes, I'm a bit biased. Um, But also I thought, what group can I relate to, can I impact quickly because I work in their own shoes? And the answer was a uh, working mom. So that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's lovely. So um, what are the age range, the typical age range of the children, of the women that you work with?
1: Um, it varies. I had, um, you know, mothers that came with, like, newborn, mm-hmm. <laughs> so trying to, um, you know, adapt to, motherhood and adjust to that um to uh, mothers that have preteen right and Mm -hmm. i currently have a client that have adult Mm kids so i i have a lot of range (laughs) when it comes to children but motherhood is motherhood i think the big lesson that i learned is like it's a journey and then you start you may be new in that journey and then but i always think oh there's an end when they leave the nest Mm -hmm. there's no end there is no i'm end. sorry spoiler alert uh, there's
0: no end. <laughs> yeah it comes with a warning <laughs> I, know.
1: I wish someone had said that to me because initially i was thinking you know what you get them you welcome them in your fold and then they're 18 and they leave the nest and that's it no <laughs> no
0: and, and and even at 18 they're still kids they're not adults i know
1: i know but you know what i'm saying i and um, so what strikes me with that particular parent of mine her kids are older and she's an empty nester but she still have the same problem as my brand new mom uh worrying about her kid and figuring out if she's a good mom and all those things and you're like but they are and she's like yeah but they still like <laughs> it
0: yeah i th- I think the thing is that you never stop being a mother never you never yeah, stop that's what being I say spoiler girl. alert
1: if you guys well, like me thinking you stop this there's, there's no end
0: <laughs> no that that's that's a lifetime um badge of honor that you yeah. wear and you carry that with you to to the grave so even when they're adults you just have different worries or concerns throughout absolutely. their ages and the phases that they're going through
1: absolutely and and that's the biggest lesson i i guess i could have learned that before because i have my own mom and i still take it for granted Mm -hmm. (laughs) i go to her for random questions how do you remove stain from this but that's now my way of you know with my mom and she's still worrying about me not eating enough or not sleeping enough and i'm like really (laughs) yeah see
0: There, there,
1: I, no I, I say it I, I was there in front of me all along, but it took me another mom to realize that yeah, you still need your mom um, somehow, you know, different you
0: capacity, do. you do. So you may or may not be aware that most mental health issues in adulthood have manifested themselves by the age of 15. And experts recommend speaking and offering support to children in the early years. As this is where the first signs of a problem or a struggle can show up. So, what are the kind of typical issues that these mums come to you with, and how do you help them?
1: Um, I was uh, there's different diff issue that people come with, but I would say if I have to make a category, um, the, the easy one that would fall it is mental health, and you ride with the the the. the the issue that impact kids, but sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's because the mom, the parent, don't take care of their own mental health and it impact, you know, the child. So a lot of um, my moms, they come because they want a work-life balance. They want um, to stop and recharge because they don't know (laughs) when to stop. Um, When I take the example of a tiger mom that wants the best and push the kid and push Mm -hmm. the kid or those that thing, um, for example, that, hey, I'm going to have three jobs because I want to put food on the table. So, And it's a lot of, hey, I neglect the child because typically a child will say, um, yeah, we think love equals material possession, but sometimes a kid doesn't remember all those um mm. it's the love the fact the security blanket that you offer um so a lot of my mom come to figure out re- reconnect with the, the inner self and understand <laughs> that that person inside is as important as everybody else outside and i guess once you're centered when you know exactly what you bring to the table you know when to leave that table <laughs> because you mm-hmm. need to reach out it impact um, you know profoundly, all your relationships, so I guess what I 'm trying to say without being the expert in the room is if you take care of yourself, if you fill yourself up, you're just gonna overspill on all the roles that you're doing, and it will impact that and i don't I don't think we choose that, but when you have children you, you become the de facto role model for them. Right, mm-hmm. um, yeah. They see them. their world is what you tell them mm-hmm. it is, right? And some some kids, you know, never see their mom relax. You know, putting herself first. And yeah. you know, some kids don't see their mom. Some, you know, there's mm-hmm. different circumstances. But yes, I think if I have one advice to to the moms that are listening to us, <clears throat> first it's never too late um, to seek help and. To start something great um the second thing is like you know your little girl your little guy what do you want them to be when they look at you is it are you are they gonna emulate you or are they gonna say oh my god that was the worst thing that mm. I had." so in every single action um i'm 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 the mom that i am i will say because and thanks to my mom there are things that she was doing that i Wasn't necessarily fun of, and I won't do, but it's all related to how she parented
0: me. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Because 80% of parenting is role modeling. So, you know, our kids are watching us, and especially the younger they are, that's how they learn to be whoever it is that they are, and they take on our beliefs. So, that's why it's so important what we actually feed our children. Um, with our thoughts and our behavior, how we react
1: to things. Yeah. And that's why it's important, like I said at the beginning, you feed your kid, but you have to feed you first. Your thought, mm-hmm. your behavior, feed your own brain with positivities, remove yourself from toxic relationship, people, mm-hmm. situation. If you are strong, <laughs> guess what you're going to give out? Yeah. Strength. Yeah
0: exactly exactly so um there's um you know when we talk about young children there's um you know children of a certain age aren't able to really verbalize their emotions or their feelings or even to identify them so you see a lot of sort of like behavioral issues that are the prerequisite to perhaps a mental health issue that would manifest itself later, such as when they're withdrawing, when they're struggling to form relationships, shouting, hair pulling, throwing things, um, being unable to sit still. So by the time they get to school, they may have difficulty sitting still and concentrating. So Do you think that schools and the staff are equipped to dealing with the required, you know, additional requirements to support children? And how does that look like for you in Canada?
1: Oh, (laughs) that's a super controversial topic for me. Uh, I'm not an educator. I have a, a, a ton of respect for educators. There are very good educators out there. Um, I don't necessarily think they have the structured means to, to, to amplify their own, you know, goodness, (laughs) I Mm -hmm. guess, um, as a parent, I, I I think, let me start at the beginning of that sentence where we see all the signs on our kids. I think, um, as parents, we have to have the stuff conversation with us first. Do we know our child? do we connect with the child, the center mm-hmm. of our child? So when I see those signs, I know exactly that there's something that not right, right? Mm-hmm. As a mom, as a parent, and I'm sure that, you know, we have wonderful mothers as listeners and they will be the first, you know, you know part, the first person that will say this, this is something not quite yeah. right. Yeah. And I would assume that you will know your child so well that you will know it. And you will notice that way quicker than anybody else, right? And want to do something about it. And I want to have, uh, you know, help, which is the majority of mom. Hey, my, my kid pulled hair. I want to see someone. I, I want to ask for help. Once you get that help, or you're on waiting list, if we're on NHS <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> but the school has also a role to play. The way I see uh, parenting, it's generally we limited to dad, mom, you know, family. But the parenting is such a network that you're mm-hmm. creating around your child. Yeah. And I consider school as another part of parenting. You co-parenting that child. Um, it depends on what school. As a parent, and I'm gonna talk as a parent. My I'm not an educator do i think school is adapted to people that are outside of the box outside of the norm not always my experience is not often yeah um if you fit into a box quote unquote that the society has put then yeah you can fall through the crack even if you have all those signs that are not so obvious if you can stay still but you do not disrupt the class when mm. you don't learn then you fall through the crack yeah it's when you are obviously distressed and i i read a, a some a saying that really profoundly resonated with me they say there's not such thing as a difficult child is there is a child that struggle mm. to say what's what's going on yeah and i i think that you know our educators are probably overworked we put 30 kids in the class and you know there's long hours i get it but there's no proper support and i'm sure there is some schools and whatever but it's not proper support all the time for a kid that's outside the box whatever yeah that outside the box may might mean exactly
0: exactly i mean um you know when you were talking about the larger community it just brings back that um phrase that it takes a village to raise it's... a child oh and God. more often than not, now yes yeah absolutely you know the parents definitely have a pivotal role so we're not going to take that ownership and responsibility it's... away from them but mm-hmm. you know the larger reaches of the community definitely also play a role in that and when you think of schools and the long school days that's where they spend the majority of their time so
1: they're format, formative years there too,
0: yeah. Yeah, schools have a role to play and whether the teachers are equipped to take on that role is is obviously a different matter, but it just shows that there needs to be perhaps a little bit more reform within the schools to accommodate that. Because if, if one in five um, children you know age between 10 and 17 have a diagnosable mental health issue illness then it's fairly
1: clear that the schools have to step it up Absolutely. and 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 i was gonna also say that my other side of the gripe no. <laughs> is once you get you get help and you get what i call quote unquote a label um hey you have adhd you have learning disability. The school now put you on that box. They they don't mm. push you out of that box. You have learning disability, and that's it. It will always yeah. be your story. Yeah, you're Nobody... special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're special. <laughs> um, and and I I met educators that want to change the story. Yes, but you are not your disability. You are bright yes. kids inside there. Um, but they're too far in between. It's it's not enough, but typically it's easier. You know, that's that's the human tendency. We want to put you in a neat shelf and a neat box so I don't have to worry about you that much, Mm -hmm. right? So you come and you are on the spectrum or you are ADHD or you have learning disability. Those are boxes I know, and I can put you in those boxes and not push you. Mm, do you see yeah what I'm saying? so yeah, yeah, for me, it's almost like, and I don't pretend to be you know knowledgeable, but i I feel like every single child has a potential to, toward which we can push them a little bit, no matter yeah. regardless, what, yeah, regardless, et cetera. and then and I'm thinking, our school system, probably again, there's different underlying reasons but we do not strive to push, we strive to manage and maintain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, let's translate push into encouraging. Yes. Absolutely. So (laughs) that each child, even those with, I mean, we term them special needs. And whilst we were talking, I was trying to think of a nicer terminology, but I can't think of one to replace that because that already sort of like segregates you and pushes you out. Um, So, I'm I'm, I'm not really that... That's why
1: I'm saying those labels
0: are are, are a killer, they're detrimental, and we should still, despite the labels of special needs or whatever we might want to term that, it is also seeing the potential in each child and encouraging them to go beyond that box, isn't it? It, it?
1: So... It goes back to what we were saying about uh, earlier, feeding positive thoughts, Mm. (laughs) creating a positive environment, but for you, your child, and everything else. And you and I were talking offline when I said the word that you say to a child affect that child, whether we we want it or not. If I say you are special, you don't, you are silly, you are all those words affect the child um and may even carry on to create bigger problems depending on on the uh, child um, absolutely those labels if you're
0: <clears throat> if you're always known as the one who's um a lot of trouble or a nuisance exactly. Exactly. you know let, let let's take the really horrible examples and then <clears throat> So I'm always thinking of this particular child of mine as the difficult one who causes me, you know, a lot of headaches. Then every time, unfortunately, that child comes to me before they've even opened their mouth or, or, or done anything, I'm responding in that label of yes. the, the difficult, problematic child. So everything that they're saying comes through that filter. Less. yeah. And I'm treating them always also with that in mind, rather than if I were to strip bare those labels and just see them in all of their vulnerability and not make anything wrong. Yeah. You would have a totally different relationship with that child and you would allow them also to enfold, wouldn't you, and reach their full potential.
1: And uh, you say that so beautifully, I had to clap. Oh. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say that it is a difficult juggling act, isn't it? Being a parent, um, putting a it's line a on the job. Stand, it is a huge responsibility. I think I define it as the most difficult, challenging, yet rewarding job uh, I ever had. And the most
0: important.
1: Um, absolutely. Um, but I was going to say that It's a fine line between looking at your child as your child and their own person and let them grow. So for me right now, I'm struggling um, in letting my kid go and explore because my conclusion is like it's it's bad. It's you're going to hurt, you're going to harm. But I also have to balance it with they have to learn their own lesson. I can't protect them forever. Mm-hmm. And wisdom is acquired after you went through your own journey. I can't spare them that journey. I can't do it for them. So sometimes, despite me knowing how it's gonna end, I have to let them explore. And I think to go back to the the, the conversation we're having, it's a balancing act with the network you're surrounding about you're surrounding your child with, mm. to have people that always think. This is that person. This is little Tom. This is little Jonas. I look at them as Tom and Jonas. I don't look at them as, you know, special need Tom, especially Jonas. Yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> and I, I was speaking to a mom um, that was child on the spectrum, and she said that so beautifully. I, it just broke my heart. So she had um, a, a T shirt made uh, with My Superpower is Autism. And she was using, she tell her son, um, you are, you are so special that you have your own superpower that other kids don't have. So mm. he, her kid comes with, Beautiful. That, like, he, he just, mm. you know, going to the space, knowing that he's strong already. And yeah. it's not different. Yeah, It's just him with a yeah. superpower. I just thought it was so beautiful mm, that you were looking for like, instead of saying special need i'm like yeah but it's superpowers
0: yeah <laughs> yeah no that, that that that's so true we have to be so careful don't we Absolutely. um <clears throat> here in um in the uk the 2017 national um nhs mental health of children and young people survey included pre-cooler schoolers for the first time and found that one in 18 had a mental health disorder. A scary statistic, um, but it does show how important it is to talk to mothers of these young children and to support them, which is exactly what you're doing. So what are the biggest concerns of the mothers that you coach? Because I also know that some of them work in the corporate world don't they so i mean we've got the role not just as a mother slash parent role but we then have the woman in the corporate workplace with with all that comes with that
1: i was gonna say is a it's a complete different beast as well uh, being a mom in the corporate world um i said uh recently uh, that the corporate world we have mothers i am one of those in the corporate world is it a conducive place for mothers probably not yet but it's not as bad as you know in the 70s or 50s yeah. i think i think it's getting there and more and more women are talking especially you know after mat leave coming back to the work place you have some good organization that kind of think about how transitioning you back Mm. um i still think that being a a mother in the workplace or returning to a workplace you add a little bit extra because you have those superpowers again uh that comes with being a mom Um, and i'm talking about you know having difficult conversations every mother's here (laughs) knows that you know yeah she understands that negotiating that you chief negotiator officer you just bring a different perspective when a kid come and cry oh my god i wanted to draw a plate and then you just decide to transform it into a sun and crisis averted so Mm. not only you have those power that comes maybe with motherhood but you have the unique opportunity to practice them every single day because mm. sometimes you go to True. school and you learn to be a good negotiator but where do you negotiate every day for example mm. a mom would do that if you have more than one or sometimes a teenager um, yeah. it's a you know everyday conversation that you're having so you're sharpening your skills so i personally think that there's a lot more that working women can bring into the workplace in terms of those skills that are yeah. not utilize so the kind of uh, concern that uh, my mom's comes to uh, me with um in a corporate world um usually like work-life balance uh, imposter syndrome it's a, it's a oh, big, big that's deal a big because one for yeah right so i it defines everything you want to do like i want to go for a new job or i want to do this but i'm not sure you know there's a lot of uncertainty i want to change career because i've been doing this for the last 15 years because you know and then now I, I want something else so it's all about that confidence that imposter syndrome mom guilt is coming there and most surprising fact i had a dad that came to be coach, and he had that guilt i never thought that oh that wow how does that, that what does that look like on a man it's exactly that mom guilt but on a guy <laughs> so i call it dad guilt so if nobody has said that before can I claim it because I said it's recorded? Yeah, absolutely, on copyrights. That the of yeah, copyrights. <laughs> no that. one has copyrighted that, I'm guessing, but it is um, enriching. That's that's one of the thing when you you know at service of others when you you try mm. to help them. You, you learn. I, I've learned so much in my coaching practice. I never thought um, seen the world as a as a dad because I'm not one, <laughs> but the same. Uh, problem. problem refreshing being, am i a good dad am i you know i i want a relationship with my kid am i doing enough i'm not you know and i thought huh <laughs> those are Lovely. the questions i'm asking myself and there's a guy that is asking himself the same question and then imposter syndrome too so it's typically related to how we occupy our space in a corporate world because it's still a conversation where you cannot be a mom and an employee because sometimes your words collide and society says well <laughs> you're taking it easy because you take one year back leave oh yeah you were just having fun at home of course
0: oh my goodness so, yes
1: <laughs> yes yeah so i don't think there's enough awareness of how hard it is to be a mom and and an input in a corporate world, um, and the credit is not always given, because, you know, you manage multiple priorities, and mm. you do that thoughtlessly, and then you go yeah. and say, hey, I want to be a manager for this team, and I say, you don't have enough leadership experience. Hello, I'm a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Try me. Exactly, but that, that as I say, the, it's work in progress, it's not perfect, but
0: yeah 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 i think a lot of a lot of times though when you make that comparison women in the corporate world um it is it is that confidence that they lack because when i think of you know i've got a corporate background um as well and when i think of just a simple <clears throat> the simple thing of you know i'm not happy in my job for instance or i'd like a I'd like a pay rise. Yeah, and and you know typically as a woman you will sit there and I might spend the whole weekend putting a whole business case together to justify why I think I deserve a pay rise, okay? And then you know you you book in the time with your with your boss almost apologetically for taking any time at all of his precious time of course. And of course. um and then you'll see your male colleague just go and march in, you know, sort of like, you've got five minutes, mate. You know, sit down and then say, listen, I'm doing this amazing job, got these great results. And I really think it's time, you know, six months in, I think I've proven my worth. And it's kind of like, yeah, great. No, John, I was thinking about that myself. Yeah, absolutely. Let me put that to HR. and <laughs> You've got your whole... The weight of your business
1: case still sat there. <laughs> just... Yeah, I mean, sounds super familiar. Um, I think advocacy—we we need, um, and it's something I work on myself. Um, so advocacy—I can advocate for others, but it's it's a struggle to advocate for myself, and and still. I find it hard when people say oh you you impact and influence how i do things and i'm like well are they talking about me <laughs> because i have no idea i guess also as women we condition and nurture to make everybody else happy and our need come last i yeah. think that is the way we were socialized and conditioned yeah. um and then some of us are super sweet anyway so this is <laughs> this is how it even is. more natural <laughs> exactly but being sweet doesn't preclude you to put yourself first and i don't think at least you know by our education or you know society or or environment i don't think we teach enough women to put themselves first i don't think that that comes naturally um for the majority um it's more like be quiet and be cool in your corner do your work and then where a male counterpart are just like yeah i have fast working hard but i can tell what i want society push men to be the people at the forefront they you know they get those skills ingrained in them at the youngest age and then yeah. that's why they can walk into the, the office and say i i They're believe confident. that I, yeah that confidence is it's what um what is there um in in my household my little guy is a shy guy and my my mini diva is the super confident. So <laughs> That's my, funny. I I try to um, boost the confidence on mm-hmm. on my little guy. But it's it's so funny to see that um, I'm the one that is like, oh my god, I don't think it's a good time. If if yeah, I can I start making excuses before I even open the mouth. Um, but I start and like I said, something I struggle. Um, I have like a affirmation card in front of me and the one. This week, say, ask for what you want, period. Yeah. Like, that's it. So boldly. Boldly. So don't, don't make excuses, don't make small talk. Mm. I want to pay your
0: Yeah.
1: And then let them Please. unravel it from there. <laughs> if it's
0: okay with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm not even. And another exercise I also uh, do and, and recommend to everyone is let's remove the but. Let's remove the sorry in, in how we're going to talk. Let's replace the but with the and, you know, uh, I'm coming to ask for a pay rise. And, and this, let's also remove the small talks when we want something. Let's ask yeah. for what we want straight yeah. away. Yeah. Get it out. Be factual. Birthday, mm-hmm. Right? And then let the other person unravel it. Yeah. I want a pay rise. I want to talk to you about my pay rise. And the person say, why do you think you deserve exactly. a pay rise? Oh, I don't think I deserve, I deserve a pay right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Mm. Right? It's it's really work in progress. You probably will have to do that often. Um, but go for it. That's, yeah. that's usually mm-hmm. let's rip the bandage straight away and go for it. I know yeah. some of us need baby steps, but sometimes get out of your comfort zone is just to say it. And the minute you blur the most difficult thing out everything else become
0: easier yeah exactly yeah you can relax that reminds me
1: actually going ask for a fair race yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so how do you think though, that um we as a society could help women more to get that work-life
1: balance i do not subscribe to work-life balance um i don't i think it's a horrible word at least for me so what uh, should I'd we
0: be like, what what phraseology should we then be using
1: oh for me personally i, I call it the work-life blend work-life integration Ooh, i think when we okay. go with the work-life balance and i'm a very, very visual learner so i'm thinking image in my head and i'm like i have that juggler that is juggling a lot of things and then making sure they don't drop anything so it's all balanced. And then for me, it evokes tension because I'm trying so hard to not drop anything because it has to be balanced. And I'm thinking, whoa, too much work. Mm-hmm. When I go with integration or blend, there's no separation between work and life because it's the same person that has the yeah, help. They're doing both, yeah. Right, exactly. So, so what if today I have more life than work and tomorrow I have more work than life? So if we have to word balance, I think if you look at it at the end of the year, when you do your New Year's resolution, you might say, oh, I had a good year because I have equal amount of life and work. So if mm. you want to think about balance, maybe end of Is year that, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but on the day to day, I'm just saying we're human. And, and some days you feel like eh, I don't want to work that much. <laughs> and some days you feel productive. So mm. why are we balancing and not integrating again pandemic that was a a revealing thing Mm -hmm. for me um i was locked in a room in a house with kids husband everybody came at the same time and i couldn't switch from being work and life because every five minutes i had someone interrupting me in a meeting so I had to learn to adjust, and some days I would do a meeting, and next minute I will sing Frozen, the whole catalog of song, <laughs> yeah. with my kid, and come back to another project. So it was mm. integrated into. Yeah. It. So it's the separation is less and less obvious. Um. So hence why I say the balance for me feels. Yeah. Good. No.
0: I love that. I love that terminology, and you know, like you said visually i could definitely see that because as you said blend for me it was almost like a watercolor where you you've you've got these colors on and 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 they all just trickle into each other and there's no there's no ending is there exactly
1: yeah and it will create the most beautiful other color that you don't know because you just experimented in this another image that came with a blend it's like and um, i'm i'm a mom and moms you can get it when you have young kids you want to make them eat vegetable what do you think you put everything in a blender you create a smoothie and you don't care what vegetable it is because you just put and you know it's going to be beautiful idea right so yeah. yeah it's all about what you put into it and you just trust yeah. that the process will create something beautiful
0: mm. oh no that's that beautiful that that is so so good and how um with all of that you know in in particular where we have been spending more time at home so that our workplace is our home our home is our workplace um how do we then manage to slow down so that we can spend more quality time with our children because it is that one-to-one quality time that that makes or breaks really that that relationship that you've got and you know when we're talking about their well-being
1: and obviously the answer would vary depending on the family um situation configuration so i will say to people do what's best for your family right so for me um one thing before i start even going there it's i realize that we talked about quality time, it's really quality instead of quantity for the mm, kids, right? Yeah. So um, I take my own experience with uh, my mom, um, they are things she's still feeling guilty about that happened so many years ago, and I had no idea, right? One of her regret is she missed um, one of I was doing theater as a kid and my first show she she either came late, this is how much I remember, came late or didn't turn up, but he's still eating her up, and I don't remember that, right, I probably was six or seven, I don't know, but anyway, it wasn't, but what I remember from my childhood is I could go to my mom with anything in the world, she won't necessarily be pleased if I was making Mm. bad choices, but I wasn't afraid to say, yeah, this is what happened, right? I remember her always having my back. If she will be tough, right? She yeah. will definitely be tough. tough love. Yeah, but she will have my back, and that's mm. what I remember. And today, I have that relationship with my mom where we can talk and say things. But that is, I always have that feeling. No matter what's going to happen, I can always go and tell mom, right? And and that's what I remember. The quality time. Maybe we have had these things together um i honestly can't remember i remember particularly we went and traveled together um and and she was showing me we went to a country she'd been when she was a, a teenager or uh, a young adult and she was having more fun telling me how things had changed that i remember
0: so mm. those are the
1: moments i had with my mom and yet i was a horrible teenager i was always fighting her mm. <laughs> you know imagining those things rebelling yeah. against mom but it <laughs> It, those things that you have to slow down and spend time with your kid, you really have to, as a mom, as a parent, know your kid. Uh, so my kid are into uh, Minecraft and Roblox, and I can assure you I had no idea what it was. <laughs> but <I> always, <almost>, no. <laughs> quality time is getting into their world um, a yeah. little bit, you know, 10, 15 minutes at, at a time. And just stay with them and let yeah. them show you and tell you um i heard my son telling his cousin oh my mom knows you know minecraft i don't uh, but i just sit down and and listen to him tell me the story of what he's doing there and uh. being excited about showing me how he built this and killed zombie and i'm like mommy me like zombie and killing oh my god am i doing a serial killer but during the pandemic because we were all together it was just very um eye-opening that i had kids that would not be kids for the longest time so i just wanted to spend as much uh, time and i realized that they don't really care about you know spending one hour with me but they appreciate having 15 minutes where it's being present with them not being distracted on my phone not talking about something else but just saying, hey i have 10 minutes and now want to know what you're doing and show mm-hmm. me and teach me and so be present and it doesn't have to be a long time kids just love those little time where they know that there's uninterrupted time with you
0: yeah no that that is a really really good point that you're making there and it is to you know slow down is to you know in, instead of thinking oh my gosh how am I going to find an hour to, no. to, to spend it, it really is, as you said, it's, it's those 10, 15, 20, or half an hour doing yeah. something that with them that they really enjoy right. and where yep. they get to be the center of it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's brilliant. Because I
1: think I, before the pandemic, I tend to say, oh, it's good to get them outside. And you know, you think, like like, mom, they need to eat their vegetables, they need to have exercise, they need... but what do they want? Of course they won't eat vegetable. That one is non negotiable, but <laughs> I started learning that my kid was into Minecraft and Roblox and they were like, you oh, know, we we find each other in this world and I'm like, what do you think? But take time to to celebrate their own success in their own time. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: No, that's 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 really good. So um you know, what's what does it look like when you're being then your your best mum or have you just described it now?
1: <laughs> uh, on my website, I say there's no way you can be the perfect mom, but there's many ways you can be a good mom. So mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm a, my best mom. I I think every single day I have a blank page uh, to set an intention about my motherhood journey. Um, I don't even strive to be the best mom. I just want to be the mom they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see myself as a guide, um, and my responsibility is to equip them as much as I can, and prepare them for, for them for a world that I don't even know yeah. <laughs> what it will look like. Because no. by the time they're adult, I have no idea what the world will be. So it's I see myself more as a guide, and every single day I'm thinking, what What can I do today to educate, enrich, and make them feel loved and strong? And that's that's the question I'm answering every day. So I don't have the answer about best mom. I just think every day it's it's a new day, um, yeah. And I'm hoping I'm the mom they need to grow and be outstanding citizen <laughs> and balanced individual.
0: Yeah, I think you've just described the perfect, you know, perfect parenting. I oh, know.
1: So, no, no.
0: so so if so well done, Gladyson. Okay, <laughs>
1: Let me tell you something, Shari. If they don't go in therapy in 20 years' time, then, then you not yeah, have okay. to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's true. It's been so wonderful um, talking to you, Gladys, and thank you for sharing, um, you know, your your experience and your thoughts with me. So, you know, people listening, if if they'd like to get in touch with you and find out a little bit more about you, how can they do that?
1: So, um, I try to make my process super simple. Uh we mom we're working mom, you know one seven hundred steps to get in touch with someone. So I have um three ways. I would say two and a half. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the first is my website. So it's my life couch. Um w three dot com. Uh I didn't say coach, I said couch. couch I usually yeah. I say couch, um, because um I'll tell you why I say that. And in UK, we say sofa, but mm-hmm. couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I had to think about what exactly is in every single household. And I think a sofa, a couch, and sometimes is the, the centerpiece and sometimes mm-hmm. is blending yeah. into background, but is in the undeniably the witness of all our moments involving emotion. So if you're happy you're on the couch mm-hmm. if you are crying you're on the couch with a girlfriend mm-hmm. or two or yeah. <laughs> alone if you want some good old comfort you go on the couch mm-hmm. so the couch is that first place that you Yeah, go. very central mm-hmm. right so that's my practice so imagine you have a couch the perfect fabric color size and you come and sit and unwind a little bit for a while and then you have me that will be your best friend, but always your cheerleader to help you in that journey reconnecting with your inner self. So that's my life couch. And on my life couch, and you can say, um, you can come and say hi at hello at couch.com So that's a very easy way to get me. Um, I have a lot of information on it blog, uh, videos, all those resources. And I have a success journal. So if you're into journaling, which I recommend, I create a journal mm. for you guys. Uh, to download for free and try it out um, and she like it and by real journal uh, otherwise but the second way to get me is on linkedin so gladys simon on linkedin and on there it's more like um a day-to-day um account of what mm-hmm. i am as a working mom i talk mm-hmm. about my little mini diva there uh i talk about my work so it's just more thought um around my journey to work, work in motherhood. And the uh, half and, or third is my Instagram. So I always preach, get out of your comfort zone a little step at a time. I'm not a social media person, but I started two weeks ago my Instagram page. So I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at my life couch. So you go there, yeah. tell me, give me feedback um, and, and tell me what you would like to see because I'm brand new. So help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three ways. Website, LinkedIn and Instagram.
0: Great. So thank you, Gladys. Thank you also for all the fabulous work that you're doing with, with the mums out there in Canada and elsewhere. And, oh, thank um, and thank you for
1: coming on my podcast.
0: Oh, I wish you all the best. thank you for best.
1: having me. Thank you for having me. It's, it was such um, a pleasant time with you. And you're very, very, I, I think I told you uh, that uh, offside, uh, offline, um, I have nothing but admiration for what you are you know highlighting here uh, mental health is it's a struggle and i typically think in adults but it starts way earlier so thank Absolutely. you for doing what you're doing to highlight those calls. so it was nothing but an honor to be on that podcast with you today
0: thank you very much gladys thank you bye So I hope you enjoyed the episode and, um, and got, you know, some some good tips from my conversation with Gladys. And if you need, you know, to talk to anyone and you want to reach out and contact me, then you can leave a voicemail message or you can contact me directly on email at shari at shari And if you'd like to come on my podcast, then also reach out and contact me. And leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. So thank you. Until the next time. Bye.